Jenkins. <laughs> that is how Incredible. you start off an episode of the fourth string podcast benjamin how are you that's right oh cj i am uh i'm stunning man what a what a week in college athletics it was hyped um all week long actually it's been hyped since the start of the year it yep. lived up to the hype absolutely incredible week um Oklahoma State didn't have a good week until we played that video. It's been the best <laughs> thing they did all weekend long. Um, I don't know if I'm more disappointed in them or Texas Tech at this point. I feel like, Ben, we've been doing these season projections or predictions for like six, um, seven, six years. seven years. Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> I, have we ever gotten the Big 12 right? No. No. It, we're constantly wrong. We think Oklahoma's going to win it, and then like they completely fall out of the whatever. We think Texas is going to win it. They're not ready yet. This year they might win it. Um, I said Texas Tech was going to be my surprise team. Ben, I think you liked them too. They've been absolutely awful. We they won't should. They have the key Texas components. Tech. Yeah. What's that? They have the key components to be decent. Defense looked great. Bunch of returning stars on the offense. They've yeah. been absolutely flat all year long. Really Sad. just can't explain it. Um, let's talk Florida State Clemson. Did you watch that game, Ben? I did not, but I saw the end. Okay. And uh, a lot of oh people boy. talking about how impressive it is for Florida State to go on the road and beat Clemson. I got to be honest with you. I watched that game, Ben. Really, the entire second half, there wasn't a moment. I felt like Clemson even felt like a good team. They don't look good. Yep. They look talented. They look very talented. They do mm -hmm. not look well coached. And I thought Dabo, with his late game mismanagement, I thought he lost the game for them. Like Clemson <laughs> should have won the game. Florida State didn't play a great game. Nope. They, it's not like they were throwing the game away, but they didn't play like this outstanding great game. I thought Dabo completely lost it for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you take a game to overtime, either way, because this was really deciding the ACC, but the fourth quarter, no one made a move. And uh, it got down to overtime in which FSU pulled it out. So, yeah. It, and I think, I mean, Clemson at this point, you're, the playoff hopes are done, right? We've not had a two loss oh, yeah. team get to the playoffs. Nope, and it won't be this team because they're terrible. No, so it can't be this team. So no two-loss team has ever gotten to the playoffs. Um, I don't think it can be this Clemson team. And let's be clear, I think yesterday that per, like that effort you got from those players, Ben, mm -hmm. I think that's the most effort you're going to get from Clemson all year. right? They knew their season was on the line in that game, right? And yep. they still lost. So you're not going to get a better Clemson game than that. That was that was their peak of what they can do. We saw that yesterday. So their season's done. I think now we've got to ask the question, is Dabo, and I hate the word washed, but he just, there are moments yesterday in that game where I thought he completely mismanaged the game. In previous Dabo, 2019 Dabo, 2018 Dabo, would have never done that. 
Yeah. Well, look, the the game has changed, and both Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney need to change with it. And that's kind of where where the issue is, is because throughout, you'll look at the GOAT, Nick Saban, who somehow got his team ready to stomp Ole Miss into the ground yesterday when I was not expecting that. Uh, Nick Saban has learned how to change his game as college football has progressed. And here in the past couple years, both Dabo and Saban have not changed as quickly as the game has. And so they both need to take a step back, look at the way that it used to be, look at the way it is now, and look at the changes they need to make in order to progress in the future state of college football. I don't because you feel can't like, though, do the same thing forever. No, but I, I, I don't feel like Saban is getting out coached on a consistent basis. I feel like Saban is in a conference where previously it was him and a bunch of average coaches. And yeah. recently past six, seven years, now Kirby Smart's in the conference. Brian Kelly's in the conference. Lane Kiffin's coaching the team in the conference. Um, you've got the coach over at uh, Josh Haypole at Tennessee. He's in the conference. Um, Shane Beamer is coaching at South Carolina. You have the late Mike Leach at Mississippi State, which is an offensive mastermind. And, I mean, you could really go, um, shoot, I mean, even Kentucky. Um, Mike Stoops, is that who it is? It's a Stoops. Um, yep, it is. That's correct. Yeah, I, I mean, what he's done with Kentucky in terms of developing players is incredible. So you've mm-hmm. gone from where literally for the first, I think, 10 years that Saban had been at Bama – Every SEC team replaced their coach between those 10 years. Every one of them fired their coach at some point. And now these past like six years, the SEC's got some legitimate coaching. Dabo, on the other hand, the ACC has actually gotten worse. And somehow Clemson is falling off of a cliff rapidly. This has gone from a team that was nine and three, 10 and two, Every single year, never could really get over that hump. Then they went on the stretch with Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Taj Boyd, uh, where they were they were winning championships, right? They were a an elite team. And I mean, I think there was a time you and I, Ben, both felt like Clemson's just going to run this thing forever, right? Yep. And it felt then, like that. Clemson, Alabama. Yeah, and, and then there was a shift. And it became less about Clemson and Dabo made it more about Dabo in so many different ways. I don't know how many podcasts he's been on where he's had to tell his story about his upbringing and everything. And like, he just, the way he acts about it, it's not like he used to. And he's made this big deal about, we're not going to embrace an IO. We're not going to embrace a transfer portal. We're going to continue to play the way we played. And if it's not good enough, so what? And quite frankly, it's not good enough. So, I mean, I think at this point, if you are Clemson, it has to be more than just, okay, what has Dabo done for us? Like he's brought us to a place we weren't before. And you have to look at, okay, going forward, the landscape of the game is changing. We're going to two major conferences, whether you like it or not, whether it happens next year or not, this is happening. And so where do you fit in over the long term in college football? Over the national landscape, where do you fit in? Clemson's gone from elite program running the country to I don't know that they're the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC right now. 
I mean, the teams that have beat them look better than them. Oh, absolutely. Duke played more physical than Clemson. It wasn't just like Duke beat them off a couple of fluke plays. Duke was more physical than Clemson for four quarters. It's wild. Yeah, it, it was. Still crushing teams. The Duke, Duke is Duke is legit. We're going to talk about that later. Um, so we've got lots of things to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Virginia Tech and UVA. One of them is the worst team in Power 5. I don't know which. You could say Northwestern, but Northwestern won a game against a Power 5 team yesterday, so they are not the worst anymore. Um, it is a team from the state of Virginia. We're going to talk about that. Colorado got hammered yesterday, Ben. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you watched that or not. Um, Destroyed destroyed well see, Ohio that was State. the first game where i did not pick them because i expected oregon to have their way with them i did not expect it to be 40 that deficit oh my gosh uh oregon oh took it to them early and often would you? Um, <laughs> yeah uh we're talking about pj fleck here in a little bit uh there's about eight really bad big 10 teams it, it's it's getting kind of ridiculous how bad they are. Um, and then there's a big story uh, happening down in Durham this weekend, and it's not just the game. So I want to get to that a little bit later. But no, before we dive into that stuff, let's go back through our top 10, Ben. Top 10? And let's go 10 through 1. And I got to be honest with you. I had an almost impossible time coming up with my ninth and 10th team. I couldn't figure it out. I've got two... Uh, two teams in there of course but i think there's about five or six teams capable of being in either position so ben who's at your number 10 yep at number 10 i've got utah uh look i expected utah to choke this week and uh ucla should have been the better team at least in my thought because of what i've seen from utah up to this point utah was able to win the game uh they are still positioned in a driver's seat for the uh, the Pac-12 there. So got to keep Utah on the top 10. Even though they've, they haven't looked impressive all year. They Cam Rising, is he back now? No, he didn't play yesterday. So, so their this best player about- still hasn't touched the field and they're four and now. I, I know. And they beat a good UCLA team yesterday. A good UCLA team. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was by a touchdown, which isn't great, but their their team without their best player is better than a complete team. That's Very awesome. much so. Yeah. Um, and I just think I mean came rising, I don't know when he's coming back. I would assume it'd be in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But if they're this good without him, I mean, we know how good Cam Rising is. I, I think Utah is going to be great. Now, I do think this. When Cam Rising returns, what is he when he returns? Is he 100% Cam Rising? Is he 80% Cam Rising? Is he 60%? And if he's less than 100%, is that good enough? Because quite frankly, this is, I mean, you could argue this is the best the Pac-12's ever been. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking like in recent memory. I'm talking like ever I don't know that I've ever seen them this good. You've got four teams, and if any one of those four made the playoff, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Same. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's very interesting. So and I, just real quick talking about that, I will tell you the team that did not get in my top 10, they're sitting right at 11th, and I, I cannot believe 
I don't have them in my top 10. I just don't know how to not put one of the other teams in my top 10 there. And this team hasn't really played anybody, and that's Oregon. I mean, Oregon's just crushing teams. I think the offense is amazing. But let's, I mean, let's talk about this. They played a close game with Texas Tech. Yesterday, they did crush uh, Colorado, but that was a Colorado team without Travis Hunter. Mm -hmm. Typically, non-quarterback players are not worth that much. But what Travis Hunter does for that team, I don't know what kind of value it brings, but I think it's a lot more than any other non-quarterback player on any roster in the country. I just think he's that great. So, I mean, when you put Oregon in perspective, like they are crushing teams, but they've not really played anybody yet. They're going to go at Stanford this weekend. That is easy annihilate Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. By a week after that. And then that's where things start to get interesting. They're going to play at Washington home against Washington state at Utah home against Cal home against USC. I think the Cal game is sneaky being sandwiched between Utah and USC at Arizona state. And then they're going to end with Oregon state, of course, and Oregon state's a darn good football team, like a really good football team. So, I mean, I like Oregon. I just want to see them get a big win and then I'll put them in there Um, at number 10. I am going Penn State. Um, and mm. I'm tempted. I am tempted to put them in there, Ben. But they still, as impressive as, as it's been, and I see a lot of people being fooled by them. What has Penn State done this year that they shouldn't have done? Nothing. They beat West Virginia. They should have beaten West Virginia. They beat Delaware by 56. They should have beat them by 56. They beat Illinois by 17. They should have. They beat Iowa at home and beat them by about 30. That's a big win, but Iowa's offense, Ben, might be one of the worst offenses, not just in the Big Ten, not just in Power Five, maybe in all of college football. It's just a pathetic offense. And, I mean, if you watch that game, at the first half, Penn State couldn't really do anything against Iowa. They started scoring more in the second half because, quite frankly, Iowa just could not move the ball. I mean, Cade McNamara... He was 5 of 14 for 42 yards. Hmm. Iowa ran the ball 17 times for 20 yards. (laughs) I mean, they had, Iowa had, I think they had less than 100 yards of offense. Yeah, they had 76 yards of total offense. It's just a bad offense. So I like Penn State. I think the defense is very good. I think Drew Aller is a good quarterback but I'm not ready to put them higher than 10th right now. I don't think they're a legitimate playoff contender by any means. Good football team, but I think they've got some pretty severe limitations. Yep, agreed. I have Penn State out of my top 10. Uh, I will not believe in them until they can beat either a Ohio State and Michigan, and until they can figure that out, they're not going to make it in my top 10. I don't care if they are one of the last undefeated teams until they get in one of those games. Uh, at number nine, I have Alabama. Um, look, I did not expect Alabama to perform the way they did against a very powerful Ole Miss team who was hyped and ready to beat up on Big Brother for the first time in a long time. Uh, we always used to call Alabama uh, East Mississippi. So <laughs> Big Brother fits in there. Uh, look, Lane Kiffin has wanted his shot at Nick Saban for quite some time, and they just got smacked. And so Alabama still got it. 
and they are still in the driver's seat having lost to Texas, which means they could easily win the SEC. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about Bama in a minute. My number nine is Utah. Uh, we just spent a bunch of time talking about them, so I won't go too deep. I just think it's a really great team. No, without Cam Rising, whenever he comes back, and I don't think there's any guarantees coming back this weekend, but whenever that happens, um, I think Utah is going to be close to a top five team, really, really good on the defensive side. Offensively, I don't think they have as many playmakers as I thought they did, but it's a good team. They're number nine. Very nice. I've actually got Oregon at number eight. Uh, I know you said that they are on the outside looking in, but look, high-powered Bo Nix is playing out of his mind. The whole team, left, right, and center, is performing well. So I've got him in my top ten. That's the thing about Bo Nix. I love Bo Nix. But, Ben, how many times have you seen Bo Nix play great against, like, Samford, and then the following week you've got Arkansas coming Throw to town? Four interceptions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the only concern is, like, I He's, like, I a fifth or sixth year at this point, though. What's that? He's like six years senior at this point. Something like that. I saw some tweet earlier. I think I sent it to you. Uh, like, had no idea. Or it's crazy to think that Bo Nix replaced Cam Newton at Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that was true. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not true at all. But I, I think there's only one or two quarterbacks between them. <laughs> Nick Marshall so, was one of them. Yeah, Nick Marshall. Uh, Malik Willis should have been one of them, but was not. Should have been. Uh, yeah. Number Thanks, eight Jess. for me is Notre Dame. I know after yesterday, a lot of people want to drop them out. I got to tell you, I thought Notre Dame could have probably should have won that game yesterday. Um, I thought yep. they had multiple opportunities. And I think Marcus Freeman squandered a lot of it away. I think a lot of that loss falls on him. They took absolutely no chances in that game early on. None. And then I thought late in the game they had opportunities to seal it, and they weren't playing smart football. Um, I think they gave Ohio State that opportunity to win it at the end, and that ultimately is why Notre Dame ended up not winning that game. You can't rely on your defense. I don't care how, um, you know, I don't care about the quarterback play. Ohio State's got a talented offense, talented receivers, talented running game. You cannot rely on 14 points to beat a team like Ohio State. That was just not a great game plan going in. But at the same time, I think Notre Dame proved they are as physical as we thought they were. Their offensive line pushed them around all day long. The defensive line looked flat out amazing aside from that touchdown at the end of the game. Um I still think it's a great team, Ben, and I don't think their playoff chances are over yet. I think Freeman's got some work to do. I think Notre Dame will get fixed, and I think they're going to play USC in a few weeks, and I think they're a big mismatch for USC. I think they'll crush them. Um, So Notre Dame sitting at number eight. Like that? Uh, Good call there. Um, I don't have Notre Dame on my top ten because I said one of the two losses will be dropped out and the other one will skyrocket. So I've kept that this week. Uh, at number seven, I have University of Texas. So right now, Texas against Wyoming was a challenge, and it really gave me some questions on the Texas front. They're not going to have a ton of challenges this year, but right now I'm just I'm still believing in what they put together. But if they have another ridiculous game where they look terrible, there's a good chance they will lose it. So got them so let me, kind of sitting outside the top five now. So you've got Texas at seven. So let me ask you this about Texas. Yeah. 
and this also involves Ohio State. What was more impressive to you? Texas going to Bama and winning the way they did or Ohio State winning yesterday at Notre Dame the way they did? Texas going to Alabama and winning. But that was when I was like, I wonder if Alabama's got it. Right now, I mean, I've got Alabama dropped down to number nine. So, But, but you don't have Notre Dame in your top ten. Correct. Okay. So, like, for me, I thought the Texas win at Alabama was much more impressive than what Ohio State did yesterday. I thought – Double digits. Yeah. I Well, and it wasn't just that. It was the way Texas won the game. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like Alabama ever had a legit chance late in the game to win. I I thought Notre Dame yesterday led, I mean, most of the game late – or most of the game late, and Ohio State just got a random opportunity to go and take it from them. Um, I thought Texas flat out outplayed Alabama. I thought yesterday it was just very back and forth. So I, I think Ohio State's good. I think Texas is really good. I'm going to get to them later. My number seven team is Alabama. Um, I watched that game against Ole Miss yesterday, Ben. That game is the epitome of Nick Saban's career. That How many times have we seen him win a game where it's ugly and he wins because of a mistake by the opposition? Ole Miss yesterday had a punt, and that punt got blocked, and it spun. Not It wasn't a safety. It spun somehow out at the one-yard line, which gave Alabama an easy touchdown. And once that happened, I just think you watched the game. You look around at the Ole Miss sideline. You looked at Lane Kiffin, and you knew it's over. There's no chance. He knows they're not winning this game now because you cannot just give Alabama a touchdown like that and have a chance to win. And it's like just Alabama goes into these games. This is what we've seen Nick Saban do. They don't make a mistake. They just don't make a mistake. But as soon as you make one mistake, they blow the doors open. And that is Mm -hmm. exactly what they did to Ole Miss yesterday. So I do think the team is limited. I think Jalen Milrow has got to figure some things out in the passing. Like, the running stuff is cool. He looks like a legitimate running back when he runs. It's the craziest thing to watch. I think that's cool. But I don't think in 2023 you can rely on that when you're playing against other sophisticated offenses. If some of these receivers can step up, if they can get some sort of a downfield game where they can throw it, you know, 15, 20 yards at a time, I think Alabama could easily catapult back into the playoff picture. So I don't think they're out. But I thought yesterday, Ben, that's as good of a game as we've seen from Nick Saban. That is exactly what you want to see. Don't make mistakes. Wait on the other team to make one and then blow the doors open. And that is exactly what they did to Ole Miss. Yep. Nick Saban, Alabama, I don't think they've lost two games in a row in like 15 years, something like that. I can't remember the last time he did it. That's wild. Uh, At number six, I've got Ohio State. So Ohio State beat Notre Dame. I think I had them higher this past week. Uh, They're still on the outside looking in, but they've proved their worth versus a very good non-conference team. Uh, so I think Ohio State still deserves to be in the mix. I know a lot of Ohio State fans hate Ryan Day, and I don't understand that. But he's winning games, and yeah, maybe they were opportunistic, but it doesn't matter because the victor has the better record and thus a easier path towards the playoff. 
Yeah, my number six is also Ohio State. I'm right there with Ben. Um, I thought, I mean, I don't think it was a pretty win yesterday, but I think you go into Notre Dame, a really good football team. You match them physically. They played amazing on the defensive side. Um, we cannot overstate how good of a defensive coordinator Jim Knowles is. Um, I don't know that he'll ever become a head coach. I don't know that he wants it. But if Ohio State keeps him around as their defensive coordinator, that defense is always going to be top five. I mean, it is back to when they had Urban Meyer. It's back to being that level of good. And I'm so anxious to watch them play Michigan later in the year because I mm -hmm. do think – I think Michigan will win the game. But I think Ohio State's defense is going to give them real problems. I think Ohio State's defense, if they played Georgia right now, would give Georgia – Real problems. Year two under Jim Knowles, everywhere he's been, that is where his teams take massive steps. And it's easy to see Ohio State's defense has gone from capable last year to they're probably one of the best defenses in the country this year. That is why Ohio State is as good as they are. But Kyle McCord, he's a four-star quarterback. He didn't make one super impressive throw to me yesterday. I thought Ryan Day, the reason why Ohio State fans are frustrated with them, you have a fourth and one, you go for it, and you run a jet sweep. It's like it's just this constant overthinking the room. It's yeah, one it's thing to be this smart, sophisticated offensive mind. I love that. But when and we've seen this time and again, the danger with that smart, sophisticated, complex offense and the mind that comes with that is they constantly have this need to prove how smart they are. And mm -hmm. in doing that, they call some really dumb stuff. And yesterday, Ohio State had a lot of that. Now, you win that yesterday because I think the coach on the other side, he didn't do some of the smartest things either, right? But if Ohio State had played yesterday against an Alabama, against a Georgia, against a Michigan, against a Washington, maybe even a Florida State, they would have gotten trounced. That's the only concern I have is it was a great win. But if I take what I saw in context and I say, okay, well, let's put this against the other teams I have in my top five, they would have mm -hmm. lost every single one of them, which is why I can't rank them higher. Really, really yep. good team. Um, let's hope Marvin Harrison is okay, right? He went down um, in that game. Great running back situation. The potential is there. They could be where they need to be in eight, nine weeks and be ready to make a run at the playoff. But right now, there's a lot of question marks even after that win yesterday. I completely agree. Uh, still in the driver's seat. We'll see what happens as kind of time progresses. Hopefully, they'll be able to stay healthy. Number five, I've got USC, Southern California. Uh, Caleb Williams up here in the Speedo is above my computer. And uh, yeah, man, look, him and Lincoln Riley are an incredible combination. And uh, think they're the best team in the Pac-12 as far as an offense goes. Maybe not a complete team, and you'll see that in a second. But still got to have them in my top five. Um, I'll be honest with you. I And I struggled with it. I don't have USC in my top ten at all. Um, and I really struggled with it. But, Ben, they can't play defense. That is a bad Arizona State team. I'd say out of the 12 teams in the Pac-12, they probably rank 11th for me. Um, that Arizona State offense is just nothing. And USC couldn't stop them yesterday. I, I just I, I think they're going to have real problems beating any legitimate opponents this year, and they've got to play a lot of them in the Pac-12. So 
I think Caleb Williams is great, but I think that only takes you so far when the defense is as bad as it is. My number five team is Texas. Um, I think, again, I've got Ohio State six. I have Texas five. Why? Because Texas's best win at Alabama is better than Ohio State's best win at Notre Dame. And they're both great. I mean, great wins. I don't want to. I don't want to understate that, but I think what Texas is doing, they feel like a more complete team. If you ask me Kyle McCord or Quinn Ewers, I would take Quinn Ewers, which is highly ironic considering where Quinn Ewers used to play would not be the first time Ohio state has gotten rid of the wrong quarterback. Um, I would take Quinn Ewers right now. I think Texas, the only questions are going to be, we got a great Sarkeesian game plan when they played Alabama, are we going to continue to get that? And the team that I think is starting to heat up, Ben, mm-hmm. that gets really interesting for Texas, Oklahoma is starting to get really good. I don't oh, know yeah. if people watch Oklahoma or not. Defensively, they're as good as it gets. They do not have the problems that they had last year. Now, offensively, they've got a little bit of work to do. But that, that rivalry, Ben – Preventables turned it around. Like it's like, that you can never not predict it happen. in that game. Never. Yeah. So I doubt it'll be a shootout like it has been in the past few years, though. Well, I mean, Texas beat them what last year, like forty-five to nothing or something, forty-eight nothing, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. That wasn't a shootout. That was a blowout. Right, but I mean, I I think that game is going to be absolutely wild. Um, I like Texas. I think they're right there on the outside looking in, getting into the playoff. But they're definitely in the thick of the mix, and I think they're going to be rest of the season. So I've got them in at number five. Very nice. Uh, I've got Washington at number four. Huskies are the most complete team. They just haven't played enough teams that are actually, you know, ranked highly in order to be higher than number four. But I think they've got an incredible and complete team holistically, offense, defense, special teams across the board. Uh, They have to play through the gauntlet that is the Pac-12. We've talked about that being the best it's ever been the last year that it exists. And they're going to have their work cut out for them. But Washington right now deserves to be in the top four. Deserves to be playoff bound. Yeah, my number four is Florida State. Um I'm not see people look at this as oh why are you why are you dropping Florida State from three to four after they beat Clemson? It's not about dropping Florida State. It's about moving another team up, which I'm going to get to in just a minute. But I will tell you, Florida State two weeks ago close game at Boston College. This past week close game at Clemson. I think Florida State fans are looking at the Clemson game, going, "Oh my gosh, we went on the road, we beat an amazing team, and you guys still aren't giving us credit." I don't think Clemson's an amazing team. I think Clemson might be eight and four. Yep. I don't think they're an amazing team and you needed every minute of that game to win. I'm not saying it's not impressive. I'm just saying if you're hanging your hat on that win, that is not good enough considering the rest of these teams on the top 10. That can't be correct, but they do have a driver's seat in the ACC now. Oh, they definitely do. That was their biggest thing. Now, can an ACC champion be left out of the playoff? Absolutely especially with the way that the Pac-12 was playing this year and the fact that Texas is being dominant and Oklahoma's okay and you have the Big Ten and the SEC how it is, they could absolutely have five undefeated teams and FSU sits out. Oh, yeah. Because they don't play anyone else. Well, so uh, Florida State's going to play. I mean, they've got a couple good games. They've got three ranked opponents left on their schedule. Um, they're going to play Duke at home. 
Uh, that's in a few weeks, October 21st. They're going to play good. Miami. The Duke is good. They're going to play Miami at home. Miami's been playing decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami's ranked 18th. And then they're going to play at Florida. But, I mean, those games have been, they should be favored in every one of them. The game I circled at the beginning of the year and I thought would be tough would be Florida State going to Pitt. But Pitt looks absolutely awful right now. The other team that looks awful is Wake Forest. I mean, here's the other teams Florida State gets to play. Virginia Tech. Do you Would you rest Jordan Travis against Virginia Tech? I Probably. would. <laughs> I mean, I would, why would you play him? I wouldn't play him. It's not like Virginia Tech's going to score more than 14 points on you. Virginia Tech's <laughs> awful. I would not play Jordan Travis. Um so they play Virginia Tech. Actually, it's not this weekend. That is next weekend. So they get a bye before they play Virginia Tech. You absolutely rest Jordan Travis. Uh, or maybe play him a half, something like that. Then you're going to play Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is not bad, but they're, they've been a bunch of crappy teams. They're not that great. So you'll win that. You're going to get Duke at home. I love Duke. I don't know that Duke is good enough to go on the road and be a top be the top five team. You're going to play at Wake Forest. You crush them. At Pitt, you're going to crush them. Miami at home. I still have major, major doubts about whether or not Miami is actually a good team. North Alabama, not Alabama, North Alabama. You'll win that. And then you're going to play at Florida November 25th. I think Florida shouldn't be ranked there's about 10 group of five teams that i think are better than them i just think they beat tennessee last weekend and people are like why not um <laughs> so, I mean, yeah i think florida state's going undefeated ben i don't see any game they lose that's what i'm saying i don't see any game they lose but i don't see any game that is like worth a crap that they can really hang their hat on besides a clemson win if you had michigan georgia washington and texas and florida all undefeated state, all undefeated which team I, would you keep out? FSC would be the fifth man out. Okay. I agree. Yeah. Based on what that's I've seen, the I problem. Agree. But what yeah, would, what's the, the committee going to do? Are, They're like, going to leave the them out. If the committee has a chance to have Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, and Texas in the playoff. Yeah. Well, they're not going to take you- that. How do you leave the Pac-12 champion out when you have the strongest Pac-12 ever? Because the Pac-12 won't be here next year? Is that how? And why are they even playing? Well, that's a great point. I'm not defending the committee. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think if we're given that scenario, the committee may leave Washington out. I love Washington. I've got them right higher from, than Florida State. From a money perspective, yeah, maybe. But from a complete teams that could compete no and so that's kind of where we're at right now we'll see we'll see if it goes down if it if we have five undefeated teams when does the 12 team playoff happen i think it's next year so when that okay. happens it'll be right in time it'll be just like 2004 when Auburn was on the outside looking in and then we decided to put this thing together yeah um no i i think you're right ben um I, I think it's fascinating. Now, I, I don't think we're going to have five undefeated teams. I think Georgia, at some point, I don't know who it's going to be. I think they're going to lose a game. They didn't look great yesterday. <laughs> they were struggling with UAB for a half. Um, yeah, they were. They, yeah. Stopped, they have really slow starts. That's why they do. Yeah. Um, I, I think Washington, I, as good as they are, I just think they're going to lose a game. Florida State maybe goes undefeated. But, yeah, I think we're going to have two or three undefeated teams, and I think we're going to have a bunch of 11-1 teams vying for that last spot. It's going to be really fun. Who's your number three team, Ben? Number three, I've got FSU. Okay. And the reason for it is right now they beat Clemson, and they're in the driver's seat for the ACC. 
Now, if you have a bunch of other undefeated teams, then I think they get kicked out. But because of where we are this time of the season, what they've performed and what they've done, I think they're deserving to be in the top four. Yeah, my number three team is Washington. Um, I just, I, I can't overstate it enough how good they are. Ben, they had at halftime yesterday, they had a 45 to six lead over Cal. Yeah, that's insane. Now, I'm not going to say Cal is a great team, but Ben, you watched Auburn play Cal just a couple weeks ago. Yep. To put up 45 points against that defense is something <laughs> like there is something to that. Um, I, I, I'm just telling you right now, I think that Washington team is really, really special. I was this close. I mean, this close to putting them above Georgia. I want to mm. see Washington get it was right now. Again, it's kind of like the Oregon thing. Like they're blowing out a bunch of bad teams. I want to see them beat a really good team. They're going to get Arizona this week at Arizona. It's an interesting game, but I think Washington wins it handily by week. And then they get Oregon at home. And that yep. is the big game. And I think you got to win that one. Cause if you don't win that your last four games are USC, Utah, Oregon state and Washington state. So if they lose to Oregon, if they drop that game, those last four games in November, they got to win all of them. All of them. If you beat Oregon, you only have to win three of those last four. So it's really interesting. October 14th, they get a bye week the week before being in a must-win game. I am so just interested to see how that shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be very... Very interesting as we get into mid and end of the season here. Um, but kind of loving the way that the Pac-12 is playing out. It's, it's fascinating. It's wild. It the, is. Last, the last year it exists for it to be where it's at is awesome. <laughs> it is. Going out with a bang. Who's your number yep. two? And don't tell me Michigan. It's not. It's Georgia. Mainly because Georgia just hasn't looked good in the first half of the games. Uh, but they are the team to beat. They are undefeated. They haven't really played a ton of competition yet. And they're going to continue to probably crush teams uh, in the second half regardless because they'll outlast them. They've got a great defense, and they're kind of figuring it out within the first half of the game. I think their uh, offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, is probably an idiot. Uh, I thought he was when he coached the OC at Auburn. Uh, I know he's been at Georgia for a long time. He went back there. They need to figure out how to actually put a game plan together for like the first drive. I've never seen such poor performance in a first quarter from a team that has national championship like potential. Uh, but Georgia still does. They're still the two-time champion. No one has gotten close to them. So keeping Georgia at number two. Yeah. I have Georgia at number two as well. And I think if you ever want, if you ever get bored, want something fun to do, just go type in Mike Bobo into Twitter and just watch the onslaught of Georgia fans that when Georgia is playing that three and a half hour window, just watching all the Twitter comments or X comments, whatever it is now is just, that's the best way to spend time. I love watching them tear, tear him apart, but yeah, <laughs> Ben, I mean the first half and I mentioned this, a few weeks ago, 
like Carson Beck is just there is no I mean no urgency to him whatsoever it's just this hey we're gonna figure it out and so far they have they got to the end of the second quarter they started piecing it together it's like okay Georgia's got this one but Ben they're going to play Florida Missouri Ole Miss Tennessee four straight weeks and I mean all of those games Georgia probably should win None of those games are gimmies if they go into it with the same mindset, especially against Missouri, who is a team that very unpredictable. They will air it out. They'll do whatever it takes. They almost beat Georgia last year. Remember? Like, yeah, they did. I mean, they are the type of team that's going to get upset by a weird team at some point in the season. I think watch them go play at Auburn this week. Like, I, I think Auburn could give them a really interesting game. Uh, Auburn got smacked by Texas A&M. They're going to get yelled at by Hugh all week. Hugh's going to come up with a creative game plan. It's a big rivalry game between those two. If Georgia comes out with no urgency and they're down like 17-3 at the half, I think they're in trouble. So I like Georgia, but this Carson Beck thing, it is a real problem. And they got to figure it out. And they got to figure out Mike Bobo. And they got to figure out where are their points coming from in these big SEC games. Because they may not have a lot of them, but they've got just enough that if they don't figure it out before those games happen, they're going to have two losses on their resume. Yep. Yep. Georgia's got to figure out kind of how to start a game. They know how to finish it. So we'll see kind of where they progress from here. Number one, we both have the same team, Michigan. Uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is back. Was he was he on the sideline at this one, or is he about to be? I think this is the last one he's not there, right? I think he was on the sideline because I saw them throw him a pass, and he didn't catch it like during <laughs> warm-ups. I, I think he was That's there. Great. Jim Harbaugh was great. So the coach is back. Uh they didn't necessarily need him as Michigan destroyed Rutgers. They won the second, third, and fourth quarters. Uh, blew them out 31-7. to seven. So Michigan right now, I mean, all season long, we've expected them to be kind of the team to beat. And the only games that I think have any opportunity for that to happen are on the 11th of November against Penn State, who I think they should trounce and the 25th of November against Ohio State, where it's Ohio State at Michigan. At least they have to go yeah. on the road to Penn State. But I think both of those games, Michigan wins. Uh, Michigan is the number one team because they should win out. You don't think they'll lose to Michigan State? No. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State, the, the team that can't even score a point against really anyone anymore. Mel Tucker can score, though. Mm, boy, what a joke on, to that, make that here. Was a, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. 43 minutes in, baby. Zing. Um, <laughs> yeah, my I've got Michigan number one as well. Nobody has scored more than seven points against them this year. They've won every game exactly the same against ECU 30 to 3. UNLV 35-7. Bowling Green 31-6. Yesterday, why not? 31-7 against Rutgers. Um, this week they're going to go on the road to Nebraska. Actually, they should put up 50 against Nebraska because Nebraska is awful. 18 um, point favorite right now. How much? 18 points. That's it. That's it. I would take, I, I would take Michigan plus like 25. 
Like, <laughs> minus 25. Michigan's yeah. got no chance of that game even being close. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just defensively, I think they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. Offensively, you haven't had your head coach first four weeks of the year. They're going to figure it out. I think they'll figure it out this week against Nebraska. Nebraska's bad. 3.30 game on Fox. Um, Michigan's just a really good football team bouncing back from what they did last year. I think they're on a mission. The November 11th game at Penn State is interesting for sure. But Penn State, I mean, James Franklin is like 2-20 and 20 against top 10 teams. He's not good. Uh, they're going to get Ohio State at home. Ohio State looks good, but Michigan's owned them the past couple of years. I don't see any reason why that changes this year. Purdue, awful. Indiana, awful. Minnesota lost to Northwestern yesterday. They're bad. I'll give you one game I think could trip up Michigan, Ben. Okay. November 18th, they're going to play at Maryland. And that game is sandwiched between Penn State and Ohio State. And Maryland is not a bad football team by any means. They are undefeated right now. They beat, uh, yeah, I mean, they've not played anybody. In fact, Towson might be the best team they've played so far. They played Towson, (laughs) Charlotte, UVA, and Michigan State. I'm not exaggerating. Towson, Charlotte, UVA, and Michigan State. Towson might be the best team out of those four. They've not played anybody. But I do think Maryland is a really good football team. They're going to play Indiana this weekend. They should crush them. So when they get Michigan at home, I think there's enough talent on that Maryland football team to pull off a big upset. But other than that, I think Michigan's just going to keep rolling. They're number one. All right. So there's there we your go. top ten. Our top two is the same. Everything else kind of all over the place. A little bit, yeah. We've got we both have Ohio State at number six. There we go. Flip flopped with Washington and Florida State. Yeah, but pretty much same otherwise. Um, all right. I want to ask you this, Ben. Virginia Tech yesterday. Hold on a second. Virginia Tech is so bad. Um, Give that coach an extension. Virginia Tech yesterday, a week after. When you lose a bad game like they did against Rutgers, when you lose a bad game, generally the next week you come out and you play better. They came out and they lost to Marshall. Like, they're... I, I don't know, Ben. They're awful. So here's the question. Is Virginia Tech or UVA the worst team in Power 5? Now, Virginia Tech's won a game. They beat Old Dominion, but I just want to throw this out there. Old Dominion yesterday beat a team that's been FCS for about an hour. They beat them 10-9. to 9. And that FCS team was Texas A&M Commerce. And they won it 10-9. to 9. And that ODU team is the one team that Virginia Tech has beaten. Which one, Virginia Tech or UVA, is the worst team in all of Power 5? That's wild. (laughs) That's between the two of them? It's got to be. Northwestern won yesterday. Stanford at least is playing close games. UVA is worse, right? Have they won a game? They've not won a game. No. There we go. UVA is worse. They almost um, beat a good NC State team yesterday, though. Hmm. 24-21. Almost. Too bad they weren't playing horseshoes and hand grenades. So playing football, so they lost. They're the worst team. And it sucks because they had that tragedy last year and everything. But, you know, the, the first game back from that, 
squandered and just look bad. I think I think there's potential, Ben, because UVA is going to play William and Mary on October 7th. Now, if you're not an FCS follower like I am, you would look at the game and you would think, okay, well, they're going to beat that FCS team. William and Mary is top four in FCS. That's a legit FCS team. They should okay. be favored against UVA. So you look at the rest of UVA schedule. And if they don't beat Boston College this weekend, they're going to go nope. into the Virginia Tech game 0 and 11. Yep. And then you look at Virginia Tech's schedule. Well, they, they get win. this weekend. They're going to get Wake Forest on October 14th. If they don't win one of those games, they're going to go into the Virginia game 1 and 10. So we could have the Commonwealth Cup or whatever they call it now, where the combined records of the two teams is one and 21. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> there is a chance. There is a chance. That the two I'm worst teams right in college now. football will be the two biggest programs in the state of Virginia. Mike McDaniel, if you and all your Virginia Tech um, cult followers are listening to this right now, uh, 13 ACC teams would love for you guys to keep Brent Pry forever. Like, sign him to a lifetime contract. Ben Draven is in. Yeah, he'd Let's love to it. see it. As a Liberty fan, I'd love to see it because y'all ain't going to get it. 10 years, $10 million. Yeah. Give him the massive buyout. Yeah. Massive yeah. buyout, given the presidency of the university. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're, if you were to rank the top teams in Virginia right now, I'd say Liberty is number one. JMU yep. is number two. I would say William and Mary is handily at this point number three. Dang. I, I would. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt right now. They are number three. Um, number four, I guess you could say Virginia Tech. I guess I'd take ODU number five and UVA number six. I guess so. VMI might be better. <laughs> I Where's, mean, they might. Does Radford have a football team? They do not. They might be better, uh, though. They might be. <laughs> yeah. If you, Radford's got a could, good rugby team. If you took Radford's you rugby team and put on Virginia Tech uniforms this weekend, I think they'd play better. Really bad. Um, okay. Let's, because we're not like all other podcasts, every other college football podcast, all they do is talk Dion. We wait for 51 minutes in to say a word about Dion. So Colorado gets crushed yesterday by Oregon. Um, I said at the start of the season, I thought Colorado was going to win four games. <laughs> um, they're probably going to win more than that. But I think we'll go bowling. yesterday. Let's talk. Let's talk about some real expectations. Where can we expect to see Colorado finish the year? Mm. We're going to play USC this week at home. Yep, loss. An interesting game at Arizona State next week. Win. I, if Travis Hunter's back, I'd say that's a win. Um, Stanford at home. That's definitely win. A win. Yeah, and then. You're going to go at UCLA. It's a toss-up. No toss-up? Yeah. Yesterday, you were taking UCLA to go on the road to Utah and win. And they, they screwed up. 
They scored. They scored a single touchdown. Do you know it's been like six years since Utah's last a home game, lost a home game. They don't lose don't at care. home ever. It wasn't nighttime. Doesn't matter. Utah yeah. actually wasn't it at nighttime. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I, now I can't. I honestly can't remember. But I, I, either way, either way, they don't lose those games. <laughs> Um. Okay, so at UCLA, home against Oregon State. There's some weird popping coming in now. Sorry. Uh. Yep, Oregon State probably wins. Arizona, mm, Washington State, Utah. So I'd say Arizona's a toss-up. I think Arizona's good, not great. They're currently a three-win team. They have to beat Arizona State, Stanford, and one other team to make it bowl eligible. Right. So, that... would it be Arizona? Arizona at Colorado. Oregon State, maybe? So, let, let's take the games out they're not going to win. They're not going to beat Utah. They're nope. not going to beat Washington State. Nope. They're not going to beat Oregon State. Oregon State's really good. Nope. Oregon State USC. might legitimately win. Like Oregon State could dark horse win the Pac-12, and they're not going to beat USC. So, okay. so they could beat Arizona, Arizona State, State Colorado, Arizona, maybe UCLA. Yeah, I think that one's tough. Um, <laughs> all right, so if they beat, let's say they beat Arizona State after losing to USC. And then they beat Stanford, so now they got five wins. And then they lose yep. to UCLA, so they'd have to beat Arizona at that point yep. to get into a ball game. Yep. So I mean, real, realistically, at this point for Colorado, the realistic expectation is six Bowling. and six, seven and five, best case scenario, which is great. Probably. What I mean, they yeah, want. huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think yesterday we got a dose of reality for Colorado. And I, I loved the look at what's that? I loved the beginning of the season though. I thought it was awesome. Oh yeah. It's a I great I was really sport. happy to see it. But yeah. let's be honest. They beat TCU, who's not good. They beat Nebraska, who's absolutely awful. And they beat a Colorado <laughs> State team that yesterday struggled for three quarters with or really four quarters with middle Tennessee State. Hmm. Like, that's not a good Colorado State team. So those were the three. Colorado. And if you yeah, look Colorado at the rest State, of their schedule, do. they don't play a game that I think is against a team that is as bad as any of the teams that they played in the first three weeks of the season. They yeah. don't have a game like that. So, I mean, TCU just was wildly overrated after what they did last year. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think Colorado could get to a bowl. I think they're going to be fighting all year to do it. And you got to go, I think, two or three more weeks without Travis Hunter. It's going to be tough. All right, um, so Marcus Freeman, Dabo Sweeney, which one did you think had worse game management late in those games yesterday? I thought it was Dabo. Dabo, I yeah, I, they had gotten Florida State to a fourth down, and Florida State got called for a penalty. I think it was holding, and Dabo accepted it. Now, Florida State didn't convert, but they gained more yards then if Notre or then if Clemson had declined the penalty, like <laughs> it, it, and it's such a small thing, 
But Ben, I just I look at that and my thought is that's just Dabo not thinking or Dabo trying to prove to everybody again how smart he is and nobody cares. Like Marcus Freeman is making genuine mistakes because he's a newer coach. He's trying to figure this thing out. Dabo's been coaching now for like 15 years. You cannot be making mistakes like that. It's just unacceptable. I mean, look, Dabo's going to Dabo. And uh, I don't know what he does a lot of times and why he calls some of the plays he does. But I'm sure he thinks he has a plan. So Minnesota lost to Northwestern yesterday. Sad. I got to ask, where where should, are we on P.J. Fleck? Should have been churning the boat. What's he doing? Row the boat. Row the boat. Did you say the churning boat, the boat like butter? Yeah. Yeah, churn that boat. Ch- churning the boat? Churn that boat. So Minnesota beat Nebraska <laughs> to start the year 13-10. I, I don't even know where ben, ben is at right now. Um, beat Nebraska 13-10. Beat Eastern Michigan 25-6. Both of those games were at home. The minute they're asked to go on the road, they lose to UNC by a lot, by 18, and they lose Mm -hmm. to Northwestern by three. They're going to play Louisiana this weekend at home. I think they might lose that too. Like, I think Minnesota is really, really bad. I think the fact that Northwestern didn't just beat them yesterday but put up 37 points on them is troubling. Uh Ben, I think Minnesota might be on the path for like a four or five win season. And considering the stories that came out against PJ Fleck, like those stories go to bed. Nobody cares about them if you win. But when you're losing, those stories are going to get you fired. Hmm. Wherever wherever he goes, there's a bunch of other teams that could easily pick him up and do better than they are today. That well, and here's eight teams that I think might be able to do it. So all right, I'm going to give you a list of Big Ten teams, Ben. Okay. Which which of these fans deserves the most sympathy as to where the state of their program is right now? Iowa, which does not have an offense. Minnesota, which doesn't have an offense. And after yesterday, I don't know that they have a defense either. Indiana, which needed multiple overtimes to beat Akron, who is a bad Mac team. Um Northwestern, who is in the middle of coaching turmoil right now, and mm-hmm. stormed the field after beating Minnesota yesterday. And when they stormed Huge the win, field, man. when they stormed the field, there were I want to see if I can pull up a picture of this. They stormed the field, and I swear there's not more than 50 people there. <laughs> Hold on, let's see if I can find this. I'm gonna oh, that's hilarious. Here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um this is the funniest thing. All right, we're going to get this up on the screen. I mean, I swear, is there more than 50 people storming the field right now? Mm, nope. It's probably the students. The students who, who stayed. I've never seen anything like that. So <laughs> Northwestern's bad. Michigan State, who also, I mean, Northwestern and Michigan State, two bad football teams that both fired their coach for calls. So Michigan yeah. State is just awful right now, and they got to replace their coach, and all of their players want to leave. Then you've got Nebraska, who was struggling with Louisiana Tech this past weekend. I think the Matt Rule thing 
I think there's a lot of people going, uh, is this actually the right guy? Maybe not. Rutgers, who's, you know, Rutgers. And then you have Purdue, who's really bad as well. So, Ben, out of those teams, eight of them, which one would you give the most sympathy to their fans? Probably Indiana, just because they suck. And no one expected them to be good. You could have stopped there. So, like, I'll go with that. But, I mean, where there were expectations, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of those teams that should not be as bad as they are right now. And it makes the Big Ten look bad. You have a very top-heavy conference right now. Whereas the Pac-12 looks very strong in the middle. But I mean, the Pac-12 has seven or eight, like, really good football teams. It's um, wild. Yeah, the, the SEC, I, I think you're a little bit concerned about the teams at the top, but I mean, there's still not, aside from Vandy, there's really not an easy game right now in the SEC. Um, the Big Ten's just, I, I mean, it's it's so bad, so bad. Um, the other story I want to get to mm-hmm. is college game day is going somewhere very special this weekend. Do you know where? I do not. They are headed to Duke University. Oh, baby. First time in the history of college game day. Um, And I want to, the reason why I want to talk about this is not so much to just talk about game day. I wish I could go. I can't. My brother's in a rodeo. So I'm going to be at the rodeo. I can tell you that. It's pretty cool. Um, It is. It's pretty darn cool. Uh, So I will be at the rodeo. Um, However, uh, and I I probably won't even be able to watch game day either, Um, which is, again, I'm, I'm okay with it. But, what Mike Elko has done with Duke and now his second year is incredible. And don't just give me the Riley Leonard thing because Duke right now is ranked 16th in the country. If I were to ask you to rank the top, top quarterbacks in the country, you'd probably have Riley Leonard somewhere around 20th. Yet the team is ranked 16th. A quarterback can really help a team. He's not the reason why this team is ranked 16th, though. The team is amazing on defense. The team has amazing players on the edge and perimeter. They've got a great pass rush. They've got great running backs. I mean, it's just a very, very complete team. And the reason I bring it up is because Virginia Tech interviewed him and interviewed Brent Pry and went with Brent Pry as their head coach. Now, I don't care what Virginia Tech fans want to say. There is no reason, doesn't matter what the roster was, there is absolutely no reason for Virginia Tech to be as bad as they are and for Duke to be as good as they are. You hired the wrong coach. Duke got the right one. And you had them in your, like literally had them in your office. Why'd you let them leave campus? Because now... I mean, there's a good chance we're going to get to the end of the year and Mike Elko is going to have a job offer from, I don't know, Texas A&M or somebody. He, and he may stay at Duke, but he's going to have a big-time job offer from somebody, and he may very well take it. And again, Shane Beamer got away from your grasp. He has, Why would he ever leave South Carolina to go there now? And now you're looking at another one, Mike Elko, who's gone to Duke, turned it around, built a really good team and he's got zero desire to go to Virginia Tech. The program is completely, completely falling by the wayside. And the the finger needs to be pointed at the athletic director Whit Babcock because all of this has happened under his watch. Yeah. Um 
I'm going to say Virginia Tech made the right hiring decision and that they should give him a $10 million a year, 10-year extension. I would agree with that. Keep it going, boy. All right, we're going to – whoops, I think I hit the wrong button here. All right. I'm going to run a clip by you, Ben. I want you to tell me if you think the ref here actually thought about making a tackle. And I oh, know gosh. You... He yes or no? He had to think about it, at least thought about it, right? I mean, he's, why is he drifting towards him? He's going <laughs> at him. Like, what is he doing? This guy's a former linebacker. He wants to put him down. He did. And the thing is, like, is, that's not actually the craziest play from yesterday. Jimbo Fisher just legitimately standing in the middle of the field while a play is happening is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm, go, I'm just like, I said in the call, I'm like, is that Jimbo? Was he just on the field? She's like, who's that? I'm like, the coach. I like just see this like white shirt just like standing in the middle of the field. Oh, man. All right. We had some big games this weekend. Ben, your picks this week were not great. They were real bad. Yep. Yeah. You UCLA <laughs> over Utah. They didn't work. Now you got FSU nope. over Clemson. You lost yep. Ole Miss over Bama. You lost Auburn over AM. You lost yep. Notre Dame over Ohio State. And you said straight up parlay 100. Here we come. <laughs> You went one and four, Ben. <laughs> and you almost yeah, well, that one. Yeah, you, you win some, you lose a lot. So That's true. <laughs> I went two, two, and one over the weekend. So not my not my best weekend, but I keep a winning record for the year. So I'm not overly uh, sad about it. Um, let's go to some games this weekend, Ben. Oh, we have got. Let's see. Utah is at Oregon State on Friday night, and Oregon State is a two-point favorite. I saw that. That's wild. I mean, you get like three or four points for Humphville advantage, right? So neutral field, they're matched up. What a crazy game. Um, Let's see. Trying to find out. Yeah, so there's no news about camerizing and whether or not he's coming back for the Oregon State game. Um see Nate Nate Johnson the quarterback. Gosh, apparently he was so bad he felt the need to apologize on Twitter later. Um so not great. Uh if Cam Rising is playing in this game, I would take Utah all day long. Um if he's not, I'll tell you right now, Oregon State is great. And DJ Uwe is quietly re- making a name for himself. I mean, he's back. Close to 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, three picks. He's looked great. Oregon State lost a tough one to Washington State over the weekend. That's a fascinating game. Um, all right, I'm going to give you one, Ben. Florida goes to Kentucky, and Kentucky is favored by three. Right now, neither team is great. Kentucky's undefeated. So- yeah, but Florida beat Tennessee like a drum when Tennessee should have come in there. Oh, Kentucky's schedule is worse than – shoot, who who else was undefeated that had a bad schedule? I said earlier. There was some – I'm forgetting who it was. Um, 
Kentucky has played Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, and Vandy. So they're four and zero. Those are the four. <laughs> yep. UK baby basketball school. It, it is a basketball school. Um, I I think I like Florida in that game. I think I think that one's tough. Clemson is at undefeated Syracuse, and Clemson is a six and a half point favorite. I agree with that. So you uh, would Clemson take Clemson should beat Syracuse. Yeah. They're the better orange team. I don't know. That's a fascinating game. Clemson lost to Syracuse when Clemson was good at Syracuse. They do not like going to the carrier dome. Um, Georgia, 16-point favorite at Auburn. Give them 28 points. Auburn looks like crap last week. (laughs) You're just mad because 8-4 and you beat you. That is correct. I am mad about that. Also, Georgia, it doesn't matter if, like, in the first quarter it's scoreless. Georgia's going to put up, like, 50 points in the back half of that game. So so this is, I think, the most interesting game of the week. LSU is going to travel to Ole Miss. That is very um, interesting. LSU's LSU is favored by two and a half. LSU struggled against Arkansas. Mightily mm-hmm. struggled against Arkansas. Um, Ole Miss, I thought... I thought they could have beat Bama. I think there were a lot of mistakes made, especially that punt. And I just don't think Jackson Dart is a good enough quarterback to win that type of game. But, I mean, they're coming back, maybe coming off a loss. They get vengeful, pull off an upset. Mm -hmm. But two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road is tough for LSU. Yeah. Notre Dame. I would love Ole Miss to win that game, by the way. Oh, so would I. I'll be – I'm – well – I'm going to wear my Ole Miss shirt for the afternoon and then wear my Duke shirt for the evening. Duke plays Notre Dame. Duke is a five and a half point dog. Give me the Devils. You're going to take Duke. That's right. I don't know that Duke is good enough to beat Notre Dame, especially with Notre Dame coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, South Carolina. Who put up 63 on this team a year ago is going to go at Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 11 and a half. By the way, the over under is 62. Just going to say it again. South Carolina alone last year would have been over that. You taking the over? I think I would take the over 100%. And Pitt, this is the last one. Pitt is a three-point favorite at Virginia Tech. I think Pitt wins by 20, and Pitt's bad. (laughs) I think it's going to be 30 to 10. I love that. All right, Ben. Any closing thoughts on this week four recap? Um, Look, I would say between week three and week four, week three had no big matchups. And it blew my mind. Week four had some pretty big matchups. And while the victors took the spoils, none of it was crazy. So I'm hoping uh, for a little more excitement here in week five. The Florida State Clemson game was pretty insane. The Notre Dame Ohio State game had a great ending to it, but was boring for the first three and a half quarters, I think. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, like, don't just trust the media on this stuff. Like the media only cares about like when big brands get together and play against each other. Like there's amazing football to be had. There'll be some this weekend. I'm excited about it. Go Duke. Hope they pull off the upset. Um, that's it. That's four string podcasts. Week four recap in the books. Have a good night.